There's something that God has put on our hearts to share with you guys that comes from a very particular scripture. And I want to read the scripture just to get us started today. It's from Psalm 32, uh, verse, uh, verse, verse, starting at verse 8, verse 8 through 11. And it says, this is God speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's just begin as we always do with this prayer to the Lord. Lord, Lord I, I pray, pray that, that the, the word today will find good, good soil in my heart. I reject the thoughts of offense where the light of your word exposes my sin. I do not take offense. I will change and turn to you, my heavenly father. I reject condemnation your word says that Jesus did not come to condemn people. This word does not come to condemn me, but it comes to heal me. I reject accusation. Satan is the accuser of brothers and sisters, and this word does not come to accuse me or abuse me. This word exposes Satan and his lies, and I choose to believe and receive the truth. Flush of my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. For many prophets and righteous men desired to see what I see, and did not see it, and to hear what I hear, and did not hear it. Therefore, I will hide your word in my heart, that I might not sin against or miss the will of God. Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're looking to you because only you can help us to get out what you put in me and Carol's heart to share with everyone today. So we're very intentional today with what we want to release in the atmosphere over this city. And so, Lord God, we look to you right now. Chris and Carol, decrease that you would increase in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to do this one at a time. First of all, Carol is going to share with you um, uh, what God has put in her heart concerning this verse of scripture. And I wanted her to go first because she actually wrote a song called Guided in Life by Your Eye. So I want her just to be in it, begin just from, from her life and out of what God is speaking to her in this hour in this country. I want her just to share because a lot is going on. We're in the midst of just like almost chaos politically in this nation. Uh, uh, people practically rioting in Chicago and in St. Louis where we're from at uh, Donald Trump rallies. People are posting things against candidates on both sides, you know, black people like, I don't know, you know how you could vote for Hillary Clinton. And then there are others who are saying, I don't know, telling people, black people, I don't know how you could vote for Donald Trump. Uh, so both sides are warring. It's dividing not only the church, 
it's dividing, bringing division, even within people groups. Um, uh, the nation is really, literally just splitting apart. You already got people saying if Hillary is voted in, they're going to leave the country. If Trump is voted in, they're going to leave the country. When you get to those levels of division and strife, that means that there are now people who are willing to fight and kill concerning who ends up in the White House. And so here's the, here's the uh, really difficult part, and that is this is dividing the people of God. Now you've got believers who are falling on both on either side, either, and so believers who are voting, who are who are Democrats, are seen as traitors of the gospel. People who are believers that are Republicans are now seen as traitors of the kingdom of God. So we've got division happening at such levels now that we need a word from God for those that really want to know what to do and how to navigate these days that are ahead. And the Lord brought this, reminding us of this scripture and this song from which you wrote, you wrote a song based upon this scripture about the Lord being, the Lord instructing us and the Lord guiding us. And so I want you just to share from that background of what I've just shared today. You go ahead. Well, the reason the, <clears throat> inspiration for this song really began with a desire of my heart not to be like the children of Israel. Um, I, I never wanted to be in a place where I would see what God has done for me and still when I hit hard times or tough times that I would forget and be rebellious, um, grumble and complain. And that, that theme has been repeated all through my life. So I was reading Psalms uh, 32 and the Lord, in this time, the Lord spoke to me and the, the words just leaped off the page. Um, the beginning of Psalms, um, 32, uh, the first seven verses are regarding David repenting because of the sin um, um, with Bathsheba. Um, but the, I'll read the, uh, neck, the 8 through 11. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And thou, that, that phrase in verse 8, I will guide you with my eye, you know, for a person to be able to guide you with their eye says there's there's an intimacy in your relationship and and that's what I I've always wanted in my relationship with God. I didn't want I didn't want to be a person that you had to jerk around or you didn't you didn't have to always hit me in the head. You didn't always have to <laughs> punish me before I figured out what what you were saying to me and or who to believe who you are to me. Um I, it, and I know in our relationship, 
they used to make fun of us when um, at Chris's family, um, particularly used to make fun, and our friends used to make fun of us because there were times when we would just just look at each other and just shake our heads. We've had a whole conversation in that, and people would and they would laugh because we would, all we would have to do is look at each other. But that, that's the kind of relationship that I always wanted with God. I did not. I wanted to be so close to Him that all He had to do was go. And I would know what he meant and do it. Yeah. Um, so let me just. In that first, in verse eight, I will instruct you and teach. Teach is the Hebrew word yara. The meaning, the primary meaning of the word is to shoot straight mm. or to direct the flow. Uh, more as another derivative it means teacher one who aims and throws his directives in a straight way one who points out the truth the most important derivative is Torah it's often translated as a law but its meaning is instruction and teaching you in the way or teaching you in the way or the mode of action you should go what so it's basically saying God is going to, he's going to shoot straight. He's going to give you exactly what you need in order to get straight to the point, to straight to the action that you need to take, the way that you need to go. He's not going to mess around. He's not going to put you through hoops. He's not going to take you through a whole bunch of changes. He's going to tell you what you need to do. He's not going to fluff it up. He's going to be very direct. Um, I will guide you, I will guide, I will advise, I will give counsel, I will guide you with my eye. And like I said, if, so it, so it would mean that you would, that you would at least have read the word, that there is a reservoir in you because you have taken the time to spend time with the Lord in his word and in prayer and in getting to know him so that when he guides you with his eye, then all he has to do is pull from that reservoir of the word that's in you and of the time that he spent with you, of the time that you spent with him, getting to know him, know his ways, so that all he has to do is go. You don't want to be like the, like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding. So you have to, you have to pull them. You have to jerk them. You have to... to you have to use force in order to, to direct them. Um, you want to have understanding. You want to, to be able to, to separate things mentally. You want, to be, you want to consider issues. You want to be cunning. You want to be discerning. You want to be able to tell, be able to tell right from wrong. You don't want to be you want to be able to you want to discern between right and wrong you want to be eloquent you want you want to be able to hold a conversation you want to be able to explain your position um, you want to be informative you want to be prudent you don't always need to let everybody know what you know you want to be prudent I don't know what you think or what you think you don't always need to tell people what you think you don't always need to give away your position. Um, you need to be skillful in teaching. You even need to be skillful in thinking 
Isn't that interesting? You need to be skillful in thinking. You need to think. Think. <laughs> you don't just need to let things just happen and not consider them. You need to think about it, how it's going to affect you. How's it going to affect your family? How does it affect your walk with the Lord? How does it affect you fulfilling your purpose with God? Think. Yeah. In fact, I think on that, that particular point that you're bringing up now is, uh, so you're saying we don't want to be like animals. Right. A horse or a mule, they don't think. No, They're just no. simply They're existing. Instinctive. They're instinctive. They are survivalists. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be a survivalist. I want to be a conqueror. Yeah. I, want to, I, I want to be more than just scr scratching and, and, and walking over people. Yeah. I don't want to be an animal. Yes. I'm not an animal. Yeah. We are not animals. I'm not going to act like one. Please do not be an animal. Don't act like an animal. We are more than survivors. Yes. And here's another thing about the horse and the mule. Uh, they can just be enticed and led yep. astray by you putting food in front of them. Yep. You can lure them. Yes. You can entice them with what they want. Yes. And why is this so important? Because mm -hmm. we're talking about being guided by the eye of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But if we as believers are going to be like horse and mules, and that means that any politician, yeah, I'll just Hello. go there. Any politician can lead us by saying the things that we want to hear. Yes. That's why this, we're not making this about politics. No. We're, uh, we're going beyond we're politics. We're going beyond that. We're, we're kingdom of God citizens. Yes. If you're a Christian, if you belong to God, yeah. you belong to the kingdom of God. Yeah. You cannot be led by what any politician says. Yeah. They're human beings. Yeah. And if they don't have God in their lives, should we really, <laughs> really put any weight on what they say? We need to be led by God. In fact, uh, one of the things that we have encountered uh, in this entire process that we've been going through uh, in different circles is that we're seeing a lot of believers putting a whole lot of effort mm -hmm. into trying to get, quote, their person into the White House, as if, though, the White House will determine the course of this nation. The White House is not going to determine the course of this nation. You know what house is going to determine the course of this nation? The house of God. It may be revelation for somebody right now. Mm -hmm. The White House will not determine the course of America. Right now where America is, is if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. Yes. seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Yeah. We're trying to get somebody in the White House to get America to turn from its wicked ways. That's not going to happen. It is not. Not from the that's White not House. A, that's not speaking faith, Pastor Chris. No, no, I'm not talking about speaking faith. I'm talking about godly principle. Mm -hmm. This is godly principle. No person in the White House is going to be able to turn the hearts of this nation our, our nation has heart issues. Yes. yes. Our nation has heart issues. That's not going to be, be determined from the White House. That's not going to be determined from legislation and laws. You can put in all the laws in the world. Why, why do you think we have crime? Do you think that there isn't enough legislation? Do you think there aren't enough rules? Right. <laughs> the only thing that's happening with all the legislation and the crime is that it's putting more and more bondage on those of us who already want to do right. Yes. <laughs> 
but for the folks who, but for the person whose heart has not changed, for the person who is nothing but a horse and a mule, it don't make any difference how many laws you put in place. Right. For the horse and the mule, they're going to do what they want to do. And we, here's the word of the Lord. That's what you're talking about. Yes. We can't be like the horse and the mule that has to be forced into moving and to going in the right direction. Or here's the other one I'm bringing up. Mm -hmm. They have to be enticed into it. Mm -hmm. And so here is God. God has to put a bit and a bridle on his people to get them to do right. And the politicians don't even have to do that. All the politicians got to do is put a, put a little piece of meat in front of us and we'll go and do what they say. That's the worst part. Yeah. God got to use a bit and bridle and the politicians, all they got to do is they lure entice us with a piece of bread, a piece of meat. Promise us that we're going to get jobs and I promise you that you're going to have, you're going to make some money. I promise you that when we got preachers doing the same thing in the pulpit, I promise you that you're going to get blessings and we'll flock out there by the millions to go and hear that and do that. I'm telling you now, you're being nothing but a horse and a mule. Yeah. Yes, I dare to say it. Yes, we dare to release that over this city for the people of God over Harrisburg. Stop being like the horse and the mule where God has to put a bit and bridle in your mouth to make you do right. Yeah. And the politicians can just throw a piece of meat in front of you and you'll follow them anywhere. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Yeah. Bless the Lord today. You essentially <laughs> said what I was going to say here. Don't be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding. Yes. And the design of this exhortation from Psalms 32 is to direct men how to behave under the, inst under the instructions given, not as brutes, which have no rational faculties, but as men that they should not show themselves thoughtless, stupid, and unteachable as a, a horse or a mule, or even worse than they, um, but uh, stubborn and obstinate, uh, mm -hmm. uh, resolving not to be taught. And, I, and we have run into that. People who ha or have resolved that they have don't want to be taught, they don't want to know, they, they stop up know. their ears. I don't want to know. It's a pulling, <laughs> I, I don't, don't don't I don't want I don't want to hear it pulling away of the shoulder yes um, ill-natured mischievous um, and, um, you know being all sarcastic when you when you're when you're trying to give them wisdom that will save their lives yeah. um, not only hating instruction but casting away the law of the Lord kicking spurning um, at it and persecuting those who undertake to instruct them. And these creatures sometimes even attempt to throw their riders, the horse and mules, they, and, and when down, kick at them. Do you hear this? People of God, don't be like the horse that bucks the rider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're there. And I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you now out of what we have experienced in our prophetic journey here in this city, Chris and Carol Green have been some riders who, who have been bucked. Get off my back. I don't want to hear that. I ain't doing that. And then when you're thrown, here's the thing that says there are some animals, some of these animals that even after they throw the rider off of them, then they want to kick them. 
<laughs> it wasn't enough to get you off my back. Now I got to kick at you, bite at you, because now I'm mad at you for even for even bringing that word to me. Yeah, that's a whole nother level. I remember when we first moved here, I was like, I have never in my life encountered such a hard, stiff-necked, obstinate people. And some of you say, Pastor Chris, you're now writing your death sentence. You'll never preach in another church in this city. I do not care. Don't <laughs> care. Don't no, care. Don't never even. preach in another church in this entire city, in this entire region, or this state, or even in this nation. Because God then took us outside the walls, yes. and there are people that want this. Yes. They are not kicking against it. No. They're not bucking against no. it. Their backs are against the walls. Yes. Their families are devastated, yes. and they don't want to hear no more no more bless me messages send me five dollars and god's gonna give you hundredfold return they ain't in for none of that they want their wife back their husband back their children back they want to have they want to know what it is to really have a, a godly marriage they want to know what it is to raise up their children in the way they should go they want the crime out of the neighborhood they want they want deliverance they yes, ain't in yes, for all of this stuff yes, anymore yes. and god then got us to those people yes. so now there's a new boldness in us that now we're selling the people of God look if you don't want the word of God riding you and then you don't want then go God's going to give you what you ask for oh, yeah. part of what has happened to this nation is we did not want the things of God so God allowed the kinds of leaders that yes. we wanted yes people are like how could our country be like it because this is what we asked for yes. we didn't want him we don't and I, we talked all about how the world the world this the world that and ain't got nothing to be do with the world no. the world then took prayer out of schools they ain't got nothing no. to do with it. we took we prayer it. out of our own homes we allowed it it wouldn't have made no difference about the prayer being out of schools if prayer was in your own house Hello. thank you yes that's the real yes it wouldn't have made our, our children if our children they ain't never worried about prayer, prayer not being school. in school why because we had prayer in our house that's the real and so they're in no more talking about what the world is doing and all the stuff that's happening there. Do it in your own house. And quit having the preacher for lunch and dinner every Sunday and talking all about everything going on in church and how ain't nobody right. See, don't know. Quit bucking. You're being one of those horses and mules. You're just bucking because you don't want to allow King Jesus, not even just the pastor, right. you don't want to allow King Jesus to ride you. Yes. Thing I'm thinking now about the story of, uh, of when Jesus was going to come riding into the city yes. and come riding on the little colt. Yeah. yeah. Would you be willing to be the little colt that Jesus could ride on? Here's the reason why I say that. Because while Jesus was riding on that colt, it did not buck him. It wasn't trying to throw him. And it certainly wasn't trying to get all the attention from him. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, what Pat, uh, what Pastor Chris was saying, we we've gotten what we have asked for. And I I think about judges um, yeah. about the um, I've just been uh, actually I've been reading in judges here, and and it's amazing to me how rebellious the children of Israel were, yeah. um, and God yeah. uh, God would. Um, allow their enemies to overtake them because of their sin, because of their rebellion, because of their hardness of heart. But God would um, 
would send a judge in order to rescue his people when yeah. they finally came to the place of repentance. But it would take years yes. for yes. them to come to a place of repentance. Yes. And it just amazed me yes. while I was reading it how rebellious they were. And I see America's America. the same. We have been, the I'm not talking, again, we're not talking about the world. I'm talking about the house of God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rebellious, hard-hearted, stiff-necked, wanting what we want, wanting flesh, wanting sin, wanting ourselves, and not wanting the things of God, and not wanting to fulfill His purpose and destiny for our lives, not wanting the things of God, yes. not yes. wanting the way of God. And so we are where we are now, and believe me, judgment is coming. Yeah, absolutely. We are on the brink of it. America is not going to get away with our sin in the house of God. House Abortion, of God. divorce, abuse of every kind. Yes. In the house, in of, the God. house of God. Yes, Lord. Jesus. That's what we're talking about. And it may sound like we're being uh, elitist and somehow we're above it all. No, uh, no, not at all. What we're talking about is it's just time for us to repent. Don't be like the horse and the mule that when the Holy Spirit comes and he, yes, he gets on your back that you don't throw him off because I don't want that. I don't want you. I don't want it. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to do it that way. That's too hard. It makes me uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable. I would much rather, as his word says, I'd much rather fall on the rock and be broken then I have to have the rock fall on me and to be crushed. And let me tell you, people of God, uh, many of us, we're on our way to crushing day. Yes. You're on your way to crushing day. Let me just say it to you plainly. You are on your way to crushing day because you have been like the horse and the mule. And the only way God can get you to do anything is to put a bit and a bridle in your mouth. Just as some of you have seen pictures of horse and a mule that has the bit and bridle and they're steered. They're, yes. they're forced to yes. turn to the left and right. Yes. And so for some of you, you've been praying. I know you've been listening to the TV preaching. They've been telling you to send money and they've been telling you to speak this and quote this word and quote that word to get you out of the situation that you're in. But no, the situation that you're in is God's bit and bridle mm -hmm. that he has placed in your mouth to steer you in his direction and you're fighting against it and you're believing these liars these prophet liars who are telling you that if you just send in this money god's gonna change that situation and they've been lying to you and telling you that all you got to do is speak this word and speak that word and god's gonna move that mountain first let me tell you it's not a mountain it's god it's not a mountain it's god so you, you can stop telling that mountain to be cast into the sea. It ain't no mountain. It's God. He's standing in your way and he's standing between you and destruction. And he's telling you, turn. He's allowing the situation that you're in to turn you. Yes. Because that's what you left him with. You said, okay, I'm just going to be a mule. I'm just going to be a horse. And he said, then I'm going to have to treat you that way. But his preference is that he could guide you with his eye. Yes. And as my wife said earlier, what brings him to the place of being able to guide you with his eye is if you'll just come into intimate relationship with him. Stop asking him for stuff and just come into intimate relations, 
Seek his face. Seek his face. Some, some have never, ever seen the face of God. You don't even know what I mean when I say that because you were taught, unfortunately, from the moment you came to church or whatever Christian group you got around, the only thing they told you about was how blessed you can be in this life. The only thing they told you about is all the great things that are awaiting you. But they did not call you into the true and the real kingdom of God. Yes, there are blessings. There is authority that you will have. All of that. Yes. But this thing, whole thing begins with you bowing down in surrender yes. to God. Humility. That's where it starts. Yes. That's really where it starts. Yes. You turn from your own way. You yes. hear that word repent. Repent is not a religious phrase. Nope. It is a military term. It means about face. Yes. Turn around. Quit going your way and come and go God's way. So I mean, I know that some people then told you that's all that religious stuff and you don't want no religion. I agree with them as far as you don't want religion, right. but you do want relationship. Yes. And some of you have thrown the baby out with the bathwater in your rejection of religion. You've thrown out what God wants you to have. Mm -hmm. And that's relationship with him. And you've never had relationship with him because they've only presented God's hands to you. Right. The stuff he can do. Yeah. But where we were supposed to present to you was his face. Yes. Where you look at somebody face to face. Yes. My Lord today. Yes. Please don't be like, um, well, I'm trying to think of who it was. Was it uh, uh, Leah, Leah's husband? Um, uh, Jacob. Jacob. Don't be like Jacob who he married this girl. I'm trying not to be crass. <laughs> But his father-in-law tricked him into marrying this girl. He married, and so the way that he did it in those days, you consummated the marriage in a tent all by yourself and everything. And so he consummated the marriage and didn't even know who she was until the next morning. And I'm still trying to figure out how you going to be with somebody and not know who they are. Why? Why? Because he was only interested in her body, not looking at her face to face some of you got a loud i'm just gonna Go say ahead. it you have that's a low down low down loud, lousy dirty spirit that all you want is what somebody can give to benefit you and jacob was like that at that point in his yeah. life yeah. all he was interested in was that girl's body not who she was mm -hmm. otherwise he wouldn't have been the next morning just discovering that that's it this ain't the girl i thought i was marrying yeah which tells you that even for the girl who he thought he was marrying, he only wanted her for her looks. How many of us only want God just for what he can do for me? I'm being real today. Quit just wanting God for what he can do for you. He wants you to be able to look at him face to face. That's what this is about. Yes. Guided in life yes. by his eye. Wow, I didn't even plan to say all of that, but this, this one comes deeply out of our relationship with one another. Yes. Because we have gotten to know each other so well, my wife and I, that that is really the truth. We can just look at each other and we know what certain looks mean. I know when she's feeling bad. I know when she's feeling embarrassed. I know when she's hurt. I know when she's disappointed. I know when she's happy. Not because she said it, I can just look. Do you know when God is disappointed? Do you have any idea of when God is disappointed? 
Or have you never even looked at his face? Because the only thing ever been on your mind is his hands, what he can do. Do you know what motivates God? Do you know what blesses God? Did you ever come to him and say, God, I want to bless you today. I want you to be happy. I want to bring something to you. Not you always giving me something. I want to bring something to you. See, that's what we're talking about. Coming into that level of relationship with him. Yes, Lord. No, he's not there for. We were made by him. We did not make God. So he's not our slave. He's not there just for us. So let's just cut that off right now. (laughs) He made us. For his purpose. Yes. Bless the Lord. You done got us started today. Here's the other thing that I wanted to put. Come on, bless the Lord right now. Come on, bless him. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. I found something that I wrote. It comes out of our book. As many of you know, Carol and I have written numerous books. It takes us one year to write a book. (laughs) <laughs> and it's because our books are actually a culmination of weekly emails that we send to everybody. So out of this book that's titled uh, An Open Door, which is about, which is things that we wrote back in 2014, one of those emails that we sent, I'm about to read to you now, and then Carol and I would like to try to wrap this up. You <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you read this for me, dear. It's called Time to Seek the Lord. This is an email that we sent out to our church family, but it definitely applies to where we are right now. I just can't explain it, but I'm constantly overwhelmed by a strong urgency to pray. One evening last week, I was just going about our nightly routine to prepare for the next day when I just had to get down on my knees on the side of the bed. My sleep is filled with prayer and dreams about our nation and world. I don't mean to come off as some type of prophet of doom and gloom. I honestly don't know what we're about to go through. I just know that I have a very strong call to prayer. Absolutely bizarre things are happening in our communities now. Overt racism has risen back to 1960s, 70s levels. Gun violence is out of control. Police brutality is horrendous. Meanwhile, hatred is intensifying and growing stronger every day against anyone who claims to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ. Personally, not necessarily prophetically, I see a day in which we will see terror attacks upon ch- against churches and various ministries and our government and police forces will do nothing to stop it because they will be in secret approval. All I know is that God is directing me and Carol to lead you in a very specific strategy of prayer, teaching, and fellowship. Somehow, this simple little strategy will be enough to fortify and prepare our families for the future. I sincerely believe God is setting the stage for something that will be so profound and powerful that we will all know that He alone gets the glory. We just need to be willing to be stagehands that he can depend upon to do our part. We say it all the time at Urban Life. We don't need to be in the spotlight. God did not call us to be famous. He called us to be faithful. There is never any question about the faithfulness of God toward us. The question is, will we be faithful to God? 
if the day comes in our lifetime that we have to have to have to decide between faithfulness to God versus imprisonment or death, Carol and I have already decided that we will never turn our back on God. I urge you to make every effort to spend personal time with God daily. Read from a daily devotional book or a daily Bible verse. Take the time to pray. I mean, really pray. I also encourage you to meet with us on Sunday mornings or at least connect with our Urban Life Daily postings that are designed to build your faith. I always hated the times when I was completely unprepared for a serious trial that came into my life. Trials seemed to come when I had not been attending church very much. I had not been reading my Bible very much and I certainly had not been praying very much. When the trials came, I was scrambled to get back into fellowship with God and the church community, struggling to build my faith in the midst of, cri of a crisis. Trial moments are not the best times to try to build your faith. Trials will test whatever level of faith you already have. At some point, we all have to stop living like that. We have to get prepared before the crisis moments. The Proverbs state that a wise man sees trouble coming and starts getting ready for it. We can see a lot of trouble on the horizon for America, Pennsylvania, and Harrisburg. The trouble will no longer be in the news in some country far away. It will be knocking down your door or a neighbor's door. There will be gunfire in your children's school. There will be disaster in your family tree. I'm not speaking negative confessions. This is a prophetic warning. It's the kind of warning that Jeremiah gave Israel, but hardly anyone believed him because others were prophesying about prosperity. We will no longer be able to get away with the immature patterns of the past. Back when we quoted a few scriptures and screamed out a prayer and God bailed us out. I believe the bailout prayers are coming to an end. Now is the time to seek the Lord while he may be found. <laughs> yes, Lord. We have such a need for intimacy now. Uh, all of us do. Everybody has a need for intimacy. So I'm not, we're not tearing that down. Everybody has, and intimacy is basically this. It's the desire to be known, uh, to be understood, to be fulfilled for your life to have meaning and significance and security. Everybody has that. But we live in a time in America where there's gonna be, and there really is right now, so much upheaval that I sense, uh, I call it a slow creeping fear and a desperation coming upon every heart and home. Everybody can feel it. You can feel that, that out of control desperation coming. Um, while while politicians are battling it out, and the public, I'm saying, I'm telling you right now, they're just manipulating the public like puppets. Mm -hmm. um, I believe, like uh, I believe it's W. E. B. Du Bois made a statement. He says there really isn't two parties. There's really only one evil party with two names. Two heads. And I know that there are lots of people, when they hear me say things like that, they think I'm just a conspiracy theorist and that it's, uh, and um, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But all I can say is read the book of Jeremiah. Hmm. 
That's my only phrase. That's my only rebuttal to preacher, you crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. All I can tell you is what I know what God has shown me. And what God has shown me, there has, there, there, it's not two parties. Mm-mm. It's one party, and they use the manipulation of the math to use uh, candidates. They use these people to divide, keep the nation divided, to keep people divided, because they're and and, and to keep them unaware, to keep, keep them so unaware. focused on the on their the, issue, yeah, on, their, on the issues of the candidates yeah. that we don't see what's really you going see what's on. Really happening. And what's really happening is just what the Bible said was going to happen in these last days about a one world system being brought into play. But you got to bring the people to a point where they're willing to accept it. Well, how do you do that? You got to create a crisis. You have to create a crisis by which one person can now stand up and say, I have the answer to all of it. What did we see happening right now? a whole world moving into crisis mode so that it can happen just like the Bible said that the one man will stand up and he will have incredible answers to solve all of the problems and all of the issues. Well, why would people, we read that kind of stuff 30, 40, 50 years ago and the way America was back then, we couldn't possibly see any way that some person could come on the scene and we all end up bowing down to this one person. How in the world that's going to happen? Jesus is Lord. Christians are everywhere. Missionaries are being sent out all over the world. How in the world could a beast system come into play? Computer systems and chips on everybody. How in the world is that going to happen? Well, look at how how chaotic this is all happening. Do you think that this is just political? No way this is all political. This is manipulated. To bring the people to a point where they're willingly, yes, please, mark me, mark me. Why? Because I need my food. I got bills to pay. Mark me. We couldn't see how this could possibly have happened a few years ago. Now, look at the chaos. We can't even decide. We ain't even got to the presidential race yet. We got riots and just, just people running for the nominations of their parties. We ain't even got to the actual presidential race yet. And we've got chaos. And that's why Carol and I, God has told us to take this position, call God's people to awake. This is not about who's going to be the next president of the United States. I put it this way. It's not about who's going to sit in the Oval Office of the White House. This is about who's going to sit in the Oval Office of your house. That's what this is about. That's absolutely what this is about. Uh, We've got nuclear threats, uh, economic collapse. We're on the brink of civil war in this country. Yes. Because we already got people who have avowed. It doesn't make any difference what side ends up winning. You got people that have already made up their minds. They're going to war over this. So they don't need a hoping that Hillary wins so we can avoid war or hoping Trump wins so we can avoid war. No. Whoever wins, there are already people aligning themselves to say we're fighting to the death if so-and-so wins. So what's the church's role? Well, we're going to do. We're going to keep 
calling for prosperity lines and we need to be getting ourselves ready to advance the kingdom of God in the midst of chaotic times. Yes. We need to be thinking the same way firemen do and people, yes. the EMS yes. people, because the only thing on their minds is, who do I need to rescue today? Mm-hmm. We need to be thinking in terms of millions of souls going into hell. Who, how many can we rescue? Yes. That, that's our assignment, yeah. period. Yeah. My attraction to try to get anybody to come into the kingdom of God is not the blessings of God for this life only there's great things that God will do and there's great we talk about it all the time God will help you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny but just know all of your purpose and all of your destiny is not here and now right (laughs) it's not all here and now that's why I'm sick of all these preachers that are building these churches and ministries based upon temporary blessing no matter the best that God can give every single one of us on this planet, on this earth, please understand, it's still only temporary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this is not it. This is not it. Um, and he's going, he blesses us to make us a blessing. Mm-hmm. And what's the blessing? Just for somebody else can have a house and a car? No. So that when they leave this planet, they don't spend all of eternity in hell. That's being a blessing yes, to somebody. Yes, indeed. I'm not interested in That's sending a bunch of rich folks you to hell. Possibly do. Yeah. Let me say that again. I'm not interested in sending a bunch of rich folks to hell. Mm-mm. God will bless you. He'll bless you. Come on, so God will bless you. And I just, it's like blessing them yeah, and let them just usher them right into hell. God will bless you. God will bless you. God will bless you. And just one person after another, I'm just sending them into hell. Tell them about how much God will bless them. No. No. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I gave you all a visual. But I want you to understand that ain't what we're here for. Right. And God will bless them. Yes. He'll bless them in this life. But we don't want them to seek his hands. Man, his we want them to be guided by his eye. If yes. a person can be guided by the eye of God, then that means they're in relationship with yes. God. Close, intimate. Close, intimate relationship with him. Thank you, Lord God. One of the major things of this ministry, you guys know this, is that God has called us to teach people how to walk with God and hear from God and obey God for themselves mm-hmm. uh, without becoming codependent upon other believers and without becoming codependent upon us. Now, that has been a point of contention it has. through the years in this ministry because uh, uh, um, people really do want to kind of be dependent upon me and Carol as leaders uh, and on and even on other believers but that's not how this thing works now we'll be here to help and encourage and all of that but uh, I'll I, I put it to you this way uh, as a husband and wife we got a certain level of intimacy with each other that nobody else can come into you understand that we got space that nobody can come in that space. And we guard and protect that space. We really do. Uh, uh, now, even if somebody violates that space and they don't understand it, they don't understand that that's what they did, uh, we're going to let them know. 
you're you're now you're violating our space. Now, what I'm saying to you is this: there have been people that have come through the years, and because they were attracted to what we had, they wanted to tap into that. And what Carol and I have been saying is, no, you can't tap into that because the source of what you see between us is God. And that's who you need to tap into. That's who you tap into. You can't tap into what we got to get that for your life. You got to. And so more and more, part of the word that we have been presenting through the years has been, you got to go after God for yourself. But we keep getting this horse and mule response. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm sorry I did it again. <laughs> Bucking that off. I don't want that. I want to be able to just walk up in your life and draw that for myself. Without well, having to. Well, I don't know. So right. First of all, this is our marriage. This is our relationship. You can't tap into that. That's not for you. The intimacy that you see between us is is because the source of it is, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So go to Jesus and you'll get that intimacy. With him. With him. Where and it when needs he, to be. And when he brings somebody into your life, it'll still be the same requirement. <laughs> I'm not going to buck again. When he brings somebody into your life, don't buck it. The two of you draw from Jesus. Yes. Work. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. We'll have all kinds of marriage seminars and workshops and show you how yes. to do the work. Yes. But we can't do the work for you. That's how it works. Now, what am I? <laughs> But that's why all through these years, you guys, you've seen us constantly pushing people to get to know God for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because for what's coming up on America, you're we, going we, to you're gonna, you're gonna have to have it. We're okay. not going to be a phone call away anymore. Mm-hmm. Carol and I will not be a Sunday life coaching session away. We're not going to be able to say, well, I just can't wait till Sunday when we can get it ain't going to be. We're not going to be a personal life coaching session away. Um, so each and every one of us, everybody, you have to stop bucking up against what God is speaking and against the wisdom that he's giving. Mm-hmm. This is a wisdom that God has given. Uh, you know, even even um, in the Proverbs, it talks about, I believe it's actually, I can't remember the chapter. It says, when wisdom was coming, you wouldn't listen. Yeah. Wisdom was in the streets. Listen to me. Somebody listen to me. Listen to me. And then when calamity hits, you're going to be trying to find wisdom. And you will, here's the word, you will not be able to find it. Mm -hmm. Because wisdom is not, wisdom is not giving you a a shot. Right, no. I'm just going to shoot you with this medicine and you're just, (laughs) I'm wise. That's not how wisdom works. It is not. You don't just give somebody a shot of wisdom and they've got it. It just wisdom is over time. Wisdom is is over experience. It's a process. It's a process. 
It's not an event. That's why wisdom is not imparted in an event, in a conference. All this stuff that still church is going after. Remember that chart that we've shown everybody of, of that the majority of people that have gotten saved got saved through relationship yes. with somebody that they knew, a family member, a friend. Yep. And But the church keeps going after the things that are most ineffective. Yeah. The most ineffective way to get somebody saved uh and this is actual, documented yes. proof. Yes. The most ineffective way to try to get somebody saved is through a conference. Next to that was church programs and services and all that kind of stuff. Then next to that was pastor. Mm -hmm. Pastors? Pastors is an ineffective way for people to get saved? Yeah, because now people think pastor is the person that's either trying to get in my money or trying to hook up with my mama. Or my wife, or my sister, or my or sister, or, my or even my brother. Who? <laughs> the most effective way is through personal relationship, and we're saying let personal let the first relationship you work on be with God. Yes. Let Him guide you with His eye. Yes, yes Lord. I think I got it all out today. Yes. Uh, God has used, and we acknowledge this that God has used me and Carol to be a prophetic model of the kind of intimacy that God wants to have with you. We thank him for that. We yes. feel honored to be able to represent, but he wants all marriages to yes. do that. He wants every time somebody looks at a marriage to go, I want that. And it's not unrealistic. And that is not unrealistic, but not even just that kind of marriage. Here's the greater lesson that God's trying to get us to see. Not just, I want that kind of marriage. I want that kind of relationship with God. Yeah. That's the whole point yeah. with God. So we're, we feel greatly complimented with people that have come to us and said, I want a marriage like yours. That's what I want. And I get a lot of men that come to me. I want, I want, I want to have a marriage like yours is, Pastor Chris. And of course, I'll be like, well, you don't really know my wife, not to put my <laughs> wife down. But this is, you don't know what it is to have a strong powerful woman submit to you and realize God has made you responsible for all that power <laughs> to guard and protect all of that <laughs> not a man think of the woman as something to be dominated uh -uh, that's to be guarded and protected and you got an awesome responsibility to guard and protect that how does that happen how does it happen? Eye to eye. <laughs> it doesn't happen through dominating, domin being domineering, and even for women with their husbands. It doesn't happen by manipulation. Please, please, please. It happens, it's eye no. to eye. Yeah. With the ultimate message being get to know God. Yes, eye to eye. Don't yes. try to dominate God. That's what we've been taught to do. That's why I'm saying this. We've been taught from our pulpits to try to dominate God. What do you mean try to dominate God? All I got to do is say in his name, find the scripture, quote it back, put him in remembrance of his word like God then forgot. <laughs> like he don't know what's there. and Like he don't know what he meant by what he said. Please. We're going to dominate him throwing scripture at God. I'm like, first of all, 
wouldn't you love with God if if God would do this with sometimes? Like, first of all, that ain't what I meant by what I said. Okay. Well, here's what God does: He just simply don't respond. Right. He just goes. <laughs> if God can do the duck face right now. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, come on, bless the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Lord God.